This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Damn these Biloxi blues, it happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine I have not The summer heat never treats me kind, it leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway does not know my name and I don't care No, I don't care in my way for another place And I got three good tires right. and a spare To the hook, right? Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to keep there Budget live, not so live, you bunch of daggum low lifers. This is the podcast for Monday, April the 4th, 2022, and another month just clicked on by, and we're in that good, good month right now if it would just warm up in Tennessee. Goodness gracious, I'm tired of wearing layers when I fish. Ready for some 70-degree days and some sight fishing, but uh, we're not getting that just yet. I was bundled up most of the practice over there at Lake Cherokee, and after my performance over there, I should have just stayed in the damn bed <laughs> through practice and stayed warm because I think it froze my brain because I made terrible decisions during the event there. But uh, good to be back in the bar and grill actually recording this a little late i normally say uh, i feel like the last couple weeks i've been like hey recording this a little earlier well i'm recording this on april 4th because 
I've been running crazy, and our guest today, uh, I just got back in late Saturday night, but our guest today could not record yesterday, so I uh, wanted to have him on, so we're recording this on Monday, April 4th, you bunch of low lifers, and if you're wondering what a low lifer is, if you're just joining this program for the first time, the low lifers are the loyal listeners of the Low Budget Live, Not So Live podcast, so welcome. We are going to uh, we're going to thank some folks real quick right out of the jump. Like we do each and every week, we want to thank the fine sponsors of this show, starting with StarTron. Gas is expensive. They lace it with that ethanol to try to make it a little cheaper, but ethanol gums up the works. It'll flat mess your day efficient up. It'll mess your truck up. It'll dang sure mess your lawnmower up, which I kind of hope it messes my lawnmower up most of the time because I, I hate mowing the grass, but... You drop a little Startron in your tank, kicks ethanol on the teeth, ensures that whenever you get ready to use that weed ear, that chainsaw, when you go to crank up to run to your next spot, that ethanol does not make you have a bad day. Startron, the folks at Starbright Startron, bringing you low budget live for years now. They like it when we shake the StarTron body. I'll be sure to tag them in social media posts if you're out there buying it. You can find this stuff everywhere. It's cool. Yesterday, I went to Tractor Supply with Hudson, and we walked down uh, the the weed eater chainsaw aisle, of course, and uh, we're doing some yard work there, and he saw the StarTron. He got so excited. He picked it up and shook it. Little Hudson, little young Hudson. He's like, Dad, look. I'm like, it's everywhere, son. It's worldwide, international StarTron. Bait works. I made a couple Baitworks orders last week, and uh, none of it panned out for me. I'll just be honest. Uh, Justin Atkins and I made a little overnight run, uh, <laughs> dialing it up there to get us some uh, some jerk baits that neither one of us ended up using at all in the event. So uh, Baitworks, I know some of y'all saw them out there at Redcrest. I talked to you on social media. They have this new mythical, magical, mystical, juice, jelly, whatever it is, bait fuel. They have it in stock. They sold a ton of it at Redcrest, but I believe they're one of the first retailers to get it. Use code DUNCAN-10 at bait-works, bait-works.com. They got all kind of stuff on there. They got them Randy Blocka jigs that they selling like crazy. I saw Randy down there, and I said, man, how are you even fishing because you're selling so many jigs. And Randy just said, it's just what I do. Actually, he didn't say that. Uh, but we did talk about it. They're selling like crazy, selling like hotcakes. Ran into Mr. Blockett out there. We were in the same flight two days in a row. I actually passed Randy going up the lake on day two because he was running about 36 miles an hour. And I'm still confused by that, Randy. <laughs> he was not in a hurry with that 250. And I was like, dang, is that a, is that a John boat? No, it was Randy. It was Randy. But you can use code Duncan-10 there, and we appreciate it. I see them. I get emails every time you use it, and uh, you low-lifers are being loud and proud at baitworks.com. Pro Guide batteries, got them new lithiums. You can truly pick them up with, like, two fingers. You can. They're so light. Uh, I'm running them in the X21, and I stood on them jokers for, like, 13-hour practice days. And I could not be more impressed. They charge back really fast and uh, great batteries, man. So proud to have them supporting the traveling circus once again. 
ProGuide Batteries, you can go to ProGuide.com, ProGuideBatteries.com, use code LBL10 for 10% off. Get you some of those batteries. 31 Series AGM is a great cranking battery. I actually, uh, I had to jump a guy off on day two, and it was funny. Two different people, two, tried to jump him off. I rolled up, and and I'm like, I see, see the back hatch open. said, hey, man, let me take a stab at it, and jumped him off like that. And, uh, you know, and this was late in the day. It was almost 3 o'clock. And I had been fishing the same area, so not really charging the battery a lot with that alternator. So uh, 31 Series AGMs are killer batteries. I ran them for trolling motor batteries most of the year last year. So get there, ProGuideBatteries.com. And last but not least, wrong button. Hang the banner. The Bassmaster Classic winning banner, Express Boats, Hot Springs, Arkansas, that X21 Man, with the sea deck, I, I am uh, I'm more and more impressed by the boat all the time. We had crazy wind, crazy waves at Cherokee. It performs absolutely just fantastic all the time. I love taking, you know, I drew two different co-anglers, obviously. I love taking guys out and hearing them brag about the boat. It makes me very, very proud. And uh, had Atkins climbing around. Justin Atkins was stayed with him. He was climbing around in it. And, and I love... I love the comments. It's like, wow, man, this thing's got so much storage and going going through everything. So the Express X21 Pro, love the boat, 250 Yamaha show, power poles, the whole setup. The whole setup. It'll be for sale very soon as well. I want to throw that out there. But Express Boats, building excitement since 1966. All right. All right. Let's talk. Let's chat, low lifers. Let's talk about uh, the goings-on in the fishing world and in my uh, my existence right now. So, real quick, open review. I sucked again. Uh, man, this one, uh, this one crushed my soul, I'll be honest. I love Cherokee. I've only been there once for an FLW. Truly thought I was going to win it. I was in the right area and just had some stupid things happen during that event. Come back this time. I was super excited about this one. It was a week earlier than when we were there with the tour a few years ago, and I thought it was going to be this epic pre-spawn thing, and it was. It was, but I, you have to learn, and I've been doing this almost 20 years, and I tried so hard to force things this week, to force things, and it turned out on day one when they just blitzed them, blitzed them, that it was easy. It, it, it was. It was as simple as, as just going down the bank, throwing whatever you wanted to throw, but you had to be in the right area. And what I tried to force was I, I drew a circle. This, this, is, this is me. There's a section of that lake that when I was there in 19, I saw what lives there. And, and and this is not one creek. This is not one pocket. This is a five, six-mile stretch of lake, okay? Let's get that out there. But I drew a circle coming into practice, and I said, I'm not going to leave from here to here, from here to here, from here to here. And I practice, I practice in these opens very I, – I, I have a different mindset in them because it's not points. It's not – I've talked about that on here – I try to find different things. I try to find, like, I I don't just want to go down the bank, which is what I love to do. I want to find something offshore. I want to, you know, like, like 
Coop Gallant did. I want to find that that deal. And so I idled a lot. I used live scope a lot. There's a lot of fish out there just roaming around the abyss. And a lot of them wouldn't bite in practice for me. I caught a few smallmouth doing that, some hybrids, some drum. But a lot of them I just didn't feel like were bass. And I know a lot of a lot of guys ended up catching that. But man, I, I set I set these parameters and dude for for let's see. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then half a day Wednesday, dude, I just fished and fished and fished and fished in this one area. And I found two spots leading into where they spawn because I've seen them spawning there. And uh, and on Sunday and Monday, I, I caught two really nice smallmouth and shook off a lot of fish on these spots. And so kind of had that but overall practice was really rough and I and and Justin and and the guys I talked to really were staying in the kind of those same areas as well and and man we were just struggling we were struggling so hard and uh the only person I knew that was kind of catching a few was Trey Swindle and, and he was doing a largemouth thing which he ended up doing fairly well with just just had some bad luck the first day comes back with 16 the second day little Trey but I, that I was like you can't win with largemouth so I kept sticking with smallmouth. And day one, you know, we were canceled day. It's just crazy week, but we were canceled day one. Epic wins. Uh, ridiculous wins. Bass Crispos made the right decision not sending us. It was just ridiculous, man. And uh, how hard it blew. I mean, we had like gusts of 60 the night before, up in the higher elevations, like 80. Just crazy. So I had the day off to kind of think about things. And so uh, I drew boat seven, and I had – I had this shallow deal I wanted to go to for that I that I found that I thought I could go catch maybe a couple big largemouth and then go mix in smallmouth. I drew boat seven, and the boat ramp there at Cherokee is is a cluster. That's the only way you can put it. It was a cluster during the during the FLW I fished there. You had seventy more boats and this from that from that event, and it was just a cluster. I got there an hour and a half to an hour and 40 minutes before blast off. And I was sitting on the ramp about to back down when they started calling boat numbers. Now, should I got there two or three hours early for, to put in? Yeah, it's stupid, but, but it, this was, it was chaos. And they actually changed the way they did it. You know, the city there, uh, the way they even routed us in there on day two, because it was so crazy. Um, but, but I missed my boat number, and I ended up going out like boat 30-something. I took off to the spot, and I got beat to it. And look, this guy could have been in the top ahead of me or beat me in there anyways. I don't know. But he beats me there, and so it kind of throws me a little bit. I'm like, all right. So I go on to my next deal, and I, and I, I catch a short fish, and I don't get bit in there like I thought I was going to. And, and a guy that ended up being in third the first day rolls in, Fish is a stretch behind me doing something different than I did and start smashing them. So I got out of there, let him have it. And I ended up just kind of chasing my tail from there, honestly, and uh, just never got it on the tracks. But I pulled up on this offshore and it's gassing the first day, like over 20, boat control's tough. And so I roll up on this spot. I had a great co-inger, Keith, shout out Keith. And uh, great fisherman, great conversations all day long. West Coast guy lives in East Tennessee now, great fisherman. And we pull up on this spot, and I'm kind of fighting the wind and trying to get the Garmin anchor lock down in the right on the right cast. And he's like, got him. Catches really nice, and he's like, got him. And he's like, got him. <laughs> and I'm like, Keith, you're killing me. 
So he catches three for over nine off of the spot. I finally get get in there, catch me one, lose me one, miss another one, and then they kind of shut down. Uh, but Keith was super cool. He was, in, he was right there in top ten the first day, and I uh, was super proud for him. No ill will for him catching a fish, and and he uh, he he was like I said, a great angler, and. And I thought, well, they're they're here. And every time I'd kind of, I, I spent a lot, of, I spent too much time on. It. I thought there was a big school there. I'd see them on live every now and then. And I just kept fighting the wind and fighting it. And I, and so hindsight, I should have, I should have changed up a little bit sooner. But I came back there late in the day, just didn't get any more bites, man. And I, I fished a lot of places that first day late in the afternoon, and just never got it going. And I, I was cranking and spinner baiting and swim baiting like so many guys that caught him, and I really thought it was tough, and I pulled in with one little baby bass, and, and uh, man, it was just it was terrible. They blasted them, and anytime they catch them like that, it's easy, okay? When the weights are like that, there's, there's a pattern, there's an area that's popping off. I've learned that over the years, and I wasn't in it, obviously. So day two, draw a young man, Mr. Avery, who's 19 years old. He had fished with Paul on the first day. He's in seventh place. Of course, I could have caught 30 pounds and it not matter on Cherokee on day two. So I didn't really – we had a long day, weigh in at 6'10", freaking longest day of my life, tournament day. It's crazy. I've never fished that. It feels weird fishing that late. But Avery was in seventh, and I told him the night before, I said, Avery, we're going to try to get you a trophy. And that was really all I was worried about on day two. I was going to stay out there for him. Try to put him in the best position I could. It didn't matter. I'm out. You know, I'm not worried about points, obviously, whatever. Bombed out at Toho. And there's no way to come back and get a check. So I just want to make sure he has the best day he can have. And we run to my offshore spot. I catch one pretty quick. Uh, but they just shut down. He missed a couple. I was trying to position the boat where he can cast on it. Make sure he's he's got the first shot at the juice all day. And then we, you know, we started running around. And there was a deal I did there in 2019. Decided to try it. Water temperature was warming up. I catch one almost four. And and Avery, I can't get him bit, man. And I, it was really frustrating me because I wanted him to catch them so bad. And and we ran around. And finally, I got on a on a. I just said, you know what, dude? Let's go to. Let's just go to a different area. Let's go to a different area. And I ran to a different area that I hadn't been to all week. And lo and behold, that's where everybody's freaking at. And they're biting, just going down the bank, throwing a dang spinnerbait, throwing a crankbait. They're just biting. They're biting. And I catch a limit and I call pretty quick when we get up there. And it's like 2 or 3 o'clock by the time we go up there. But I finally just stopped fishing and, and, and let Avery just make all the cast and got him a spinnerbait rigged up like like I was using him and unfortunately he just never he never caught any but great young man to spend a day in the boat with but uh that was just kind of the open in a nutshell they smashed on them uh congrats to Cooper Gallant on a win and uh there and it was so cool seeing elite guys gathered around Gussie came to the way in Gussie knows Coop very well and and Gussie grabbed me up uh I was one of the last people to weigh right before Cooper Cooper won the thing and uh Pretty cool. Good seeing, uh, good seeing old friends this week. Polinick, uh, swindled all, all, all the bunch, the funky bunch. Stayed with Justin Atkins, his lovely wife Tessa, uh, my nephew Cooper. <laughs> I, I'm claiming as a nephew, Uncle Luke. He had all the ice cream he wanted this week. Cocoa Pebbles, things that Tessa doesn't let him have. He got all of it this week. 
Coop is the man, but had a great time staying with them and just, you know, just uh, being around everybody. It's, that's half half the battle for me, half the fun. So frustrating, you know, but it is what it is, man. I just, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest about it. I just, I've made horrible freaking decisions, horrible decisions. And uh, just, you know, still like second day, I was like, this is easy. This is so stupid. Bass fishing is easy. We make it hard. It's easy a lot of the time. Um, you know, but on to, uh, on to the next battle, whatever that may be in life. All right. So, and so many of y'all reached out. I appreciate y'all so much. I, I know I got a lot of people in my court. I know I got a lot of people pulling for me and I know I got a lot of people that just want to see me lift on them damn trophies one of these days. And that, that means a lot. And that's what, you know, Gussie and I were texting, uh, it's good, you know, good to see you, bud, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you're going to get one of these, man. You just got to stay the course. As Pat Renwick said, I did uh, Straycast this week, or the Bass Buzz, his new podcast. And uh, he says, you know, run the damn ball. Put your head down and run the ball. So uh, I appreciate all the kind words from y'all low-lifers out there. Oh, got to fish with my man Gary, too, uh, who's a low-lifer. We practiced together the last day. And a uh, great, great fellow there from that East Tennessee part of the world. And uh Met some low lifers in a parking lot. Took some pictures with some with some low lifers, and it, it was awesome. It's always a good week. Good to meet y'all. So I appreciate each and every one of you came up to me there as well. All right, moving on. Red Crest. Red Crest. Red Crest. Red Crest. So the Red Crest update brought to you by Star Trot. Uh Red Crest. So. I know, I know, obviously, it's been a full-on week now since Red Crest ended. But uh, overall, I felt like it was a really good event, you know, and BPT, they had to have that. They had to have it be a good event, and it was a good event. It was a good event. And uh, I've talked to several vendors that were there. Traffic was good. Great crowd. Uh, not a classic crowd, but, I mean, that's like comparing – I don't know. Uh, it's like comparing a dive bar to play in Madison Square Garden or something at this point, right? But a good crowd, very good crowd. Uh, I think they did some different things that were kind of cool with the setup from what I heard. I hate that I didn't get to go lay eyes on it myself, honestly. I truly do. Um, regardless of the snakes slithering around, I would uh, I would have liked to have been there. Or like to have seen it. But I, I think it, Saturday was definitely the strongest day, sounds like, from talking to people. But I want to talk about, for I, I have criticized a lot over the years. Like, there's no fan engagement. And it is weird when a guy just wins a tournament and he's in the boat by himself. I still, you know, I still, it's, it's, a, it's a strange thing. It is, and the tournament gets called. It's not like looking at the scales, which is what we're used to, right? And this is new, and it's a it's a change. But I think that is still odd. And I've said they don't have weigh-ins. They don't have you know they shoot confetti cannons with nineteen people sitting around watching them shoot confetti ca- cannons at the regular season. And it's just kind of odd. It's just it's weird. Now you win hundred k, you lift the trophy. Probably not that odd for you. Probably don't even matter. Uh, but. What they had, and it was a perfect storm that might not ever happen again, but it came down to the wire. And I was practicing. I missed it. I watched a lot of it that morning riding around Idlin, and then I, I didn't watch as much in the afternoon. I got back in, and Tessa's like, did you see what freaking happened with Redcrest? And I'd just seen Bobby had won it. I'd checked score tracker, but I didn't know how dramatic it was. Bobby wins it in the last minute, and they had a crowd – 
at the expo, watching it on screens, watching it go down, cheering in the back. It was cool. It was a very, very cool moment. And I thought, how? I mean, that's what, you know, that that's something that's never been done before. That was very cool. Don't know what just fell in the LBL bar grill, but something did when I moved my stool. But I thought that was I thought that was excellent. Like I was like, dang, it was like being at a live sporting event. It really was. And where you actually were pulling for the guy to watch it go down. And we've never had that before in the sport. Now, like I say, they may never get that perfect last 10 minutes. And I do say on the cut days and all that, that's the most exciting thing that MLF offers is around that cut line, watching the guys stress out, watching the time tick away, watching some dude catch one in the score tracker update. It's cool. I like that. I like that. Normally you got Jacob Wheeler up there just blowing it out by 50 pounds, but that cut line stuff is uh, is really cool. Same thing happened to them there to wind down their event. And, dude, it was dramatic. I, I went back and watched the last 10 minutes Sunday night, and it was it was it was awesome. It was awesome, man. Uh, but congratulations to Bobby Lane, one of the best in the business. Been at it a long, 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 long time. Great human and uh, guy I think a lot of, and and it's it's awesome to see him get get a big big W. And dude, that top ten the last day crazy stacked up, uh, you know. So for Bobby to to pull it out, uh, it, it was it was it was really neat. It was really neat. So many people pulling for Bob, for sure, too. Uh, sponsored by Startron as well. Bobby Lane. Big Fish Bobby Lane. But I, I really, that that moment, man, they may never duplicate it. But that, that and I, I had some people reach out on social about that moment, you know, kind of giving their overall take on the expo and things. And they were all like, dude, it was exciting. It was exciting. And look, next year, there may be a dude winning by 30 pounds, and you – Still may have some kind of excitement. I, I don't know, but the having the fans there, you know, they called it the biggest party in bass fishing or whatever. They had live bands. They had things going on. And I was talking to Dude Let's Fish. Shannon Wheeler was there, and he was saying it was really cool. Like they'd interview a dude, and then they'd have some live music, and they interviewed. Dude, they had these split stages. I think that's cool, man. I think that uh, bass fishing it does. It gets a little stuffy sometimes. So uh, hats off. Look, bald head. Hats off. To uh, to them for pulling pulling it off, and I think you know if it doesn't go well, I, I think that the writing was on the wall. But people showed up. People showed up. It's very uh, very very uh, good for them. Good week. The only negative I, I I have, and I've seen some people posting this, and it is something that since day one with this format, and it's the same thing when Bass does like Texas Toyota Fest or whatever. That is the most you know kind of wild card part of it. Every set of scales is a different set of scales. And this is probably the first time, and especially in this major event down to the wire, where they had a guy reweigh one, and Bobby did that. He reweighed like they get three reweighs, I think. And Bobby just knew the fish was two pounds. It was 115, 115, and then it clicks over to two. Boom, it counts. It was dramatic, it was epic. But if you're the guy in second, you're like, damn it. <laughs> because when you weigh on the same set, I mean, obviously, there, there's less likelihood that something could be off or calibrated. That, that, but that's, that's, 
kind of minor details. But that is that would be my concern in that competition, especially when it's that close. Especially when it's that close. But uh, one ounce, man. And scales, look, they bounce around. Uh, the ones I use certainly do all the time. But that would be one, if I'm in second, I'm like, oh, boy. I'd want to puke. Um, if I went back and watched that, knew that I got beat on a reway. And look, there are reways. There are reways in all kind of tournaments when it's close, but it's the same set of skills. So, a little different, little different. Text our guests. And let them know that we're fixing to throw down. So, our uh, our guest today is the recent winner. The recent winner of the Bassmaster Southern Open. He's a guy I've been keeping up with for some time now that I think the entire daggum bass fishing universe needs to start paying more attention to. And if they if they aren't, they're they're about to because this young man, he's uh he calls it the chase, but he's he's filming himself out there. He has great videos on YouTube. But he's trying to get to the elites, and damn, what an exclamation point to put on the chase by winning at Lake Cherokee. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get him on the phone right now. If it'll ring. There it goes. He's got two phones, too, by the way. We're going to get into that. A U.S. phone and a Canadian phone. Ladies and gentlemen, Coop Gallant. What's up, Coop? How's it going, Luke? Man, I'm good, buddy. Not as good as you. I was just telling my woeful stories about sucking at Lake Cherokee on the podcast, and now I get to talk to the dude that figured out those Tennessee smallmouth. <laughs> I can't believe it, man. Can't believe I happened. It, it's so for for me. I was like, dang, I got to get Coop on this week, and I've wanted to have you on uh, since really you announced your your bid to go fish all the opens and get after it because you're a guy I've been keeping up with for a while, and I think a lot of diehards in the sport have and that's kind of how I introed you coming on is people really in my opinion need to start paying attention uh if they're not because dude you uh you've got this work ethic that's in, insane to me to watch you are obsessed with fishing all multi-species and it, it's it's very cool to see you get that win but but being there for me and kind of being a part of your winning moment a little bit I was right there you were walking across. I just, I just got a weigh-in bag. I'm like, you gonna win this thing or what? I hadn't even seen Bastard. I didn't know. And you're like, man, I think so. <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap! So, dude, are you? Is it setting in now that you're a freaking open champ and going to the classic? Oh, it's crazy, man. I mean, I don't think it's actually really quite hit me yet. Um, Oh, it's insane. I've got so much on the go right now between between now and the James River and. There's times I, I'm just doing stuff on the computer and then and then I take a minute and I look at the trophy. I'm like, man, I can't <laughs> believe that actually happened. And and yeah, I mean, everything went flawless this week and I'm I'm beyond thankful for it all. And it was an amazing week on Lake Cherokee, that's for sure. So Whenever you uh, when you found those fish in practice, and I I, I know that uh, I feel like you were probably fishing deep, correct, or deeper than yep. most. Yep. And and dropping on those smallies. When you found those fish, did you feel like with the weather trends and things that you had found the winning pattern? 
or something that could potentially help you make a run? When I found them, I didn't know I found the winning fish. I mean, I wasn't sticking a whole lot of them. Mm -hmm. I was shaking a bunch off. So a lot of the time I didn't know how big they were. Um, but I mean, I knew I found enough fish to have a pretty good finish and, and get some good points, but I definitely did. I did not know. I, 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 I this is a tournament I was least expecting to win. Okay. I had a feeling I was going to do pretty good, but I was also nervous at the same time because we had that two days of warm front come in and I kept saying to myself, the biggest thing for me this week is just keep an open mind because these fish are slowly going to start moving. And I even realized in practice on some of my areas that some of the schools I found, they were slowly getting smaller and smaller. So that worried me hmm. huge. But when I dropped my trolling motor in the water on, on day one and the water was still cold, I, I started grinning. <laughs> that, that, well, well, see, for me, I talked about this before I, before I called. I was really forcing what I wanted them to be doing. And what I mean by that is I, I fished an FLW there in 2019 and they were everywhere on the bank and they were doing their thing. And, and there were several areas that I know they live in and I just kept trying to make it work. And I tried to find them all shore in those areas as well. But when you talk about that weather, when I saw the forecast originally, I thought those deep boys are in trouble because they're going to go to the bank because I saw it in the FLW there, dude, they went quick when they decided it was time but you're right that water just that core temperature of the lake just never warmed up we were still bundled up even tuesday in practice tuesday was cold and it, it never got to that temperature and so they just but but you do think that some left though yes for sure i mean i saw it in practice i'd I'd go over them and and i'd drop my damiki down there and you would never see them on live scope. They'd always be so tight to bottom. Yes. But usually could bring, you know, a few of them up in some of my areas. I didn't check up on everything. I maybe checked up on five or ten percent of my stuff just to get an idea of what was going on. And mm-hmm. I did notice that they were they were slowly starting to move. But it almost seemed like they reloaded back up come come tournament day. Well, I think that that maybe that wind, that crazy wind affected it in some way. Maybe it kept, I, I, I don't know. There, it did not change as much as I thought it would. Now, that being said, there were a lot of guys that caught him up on the bank in a certain stretch of the lake. I, I came to realize that at about 3 p.m. on, uh, <laughs> on Saturday. I was like, yeah. wow, light bulb. Okay, I missed this um, completely. And, uh, and, and I was super frustrated about that. But for me, man, I tried to find a gold mine out there like you did. And when you were, and this is just for my own, I'm going to be selfish lowlifers right here. Were you idling to find those fish or were you just fishing structure where you see a long point, you see a drain, and then you would find them? Because you're right, they were tucked down to the bottom. And, and when you did catch one, you would see them come up. I saw that a couple times. So a lot of times for me, when I'm idling things on the Tennessee River that are rocky, like Cherokee, the bass are very hard to see, especially when they're sucked down to the bottom. So were you finding those fish just by idling? I was not. I didn't see one fish on my hummingbird this week. Um, I was just looking for areas where I felt like they'd they'd stage and and kind of hang out before the spawn and just looking for those textbook pre-spawn areas. 
And I, if I found a juicy looking area or a juicy looking spot, I, I shut the motor off. I I'd, I'd go up to it and I'd get the live scope going and I would just drop into Miki rig or a drop shot down there. And, and if there was fish there, they would instantly rise within, within a couple seconds if they were there and actually wow. wanting to eat. So basically they'd have to show themselves and, and rise up off bottom for me to know that there was fish there. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. That's what I figured. I, I hope that you weren't going to say, yeah, I took the, the old birds and was riding around and found hundreds. <laughs> Because they, no. they rocky lakes that like Cherokee, they're, it's tricky to see fish, and I think people people get misled by that. You know, they see a lot of pros idling around and looking for fish on all these lakes, but man, Wheeler Lake on the Tennessee River in particular is one that I've learned that lesson on the hard way several times. They're just very hard to see, very hard to see um, for sure. They when they hide out, but uh, I'd like to say uh, before we go any further. You're welcome because I needed 33 pounds to take the lead when I weighed in, and uh, you know I was 20 pounds short. So I'd like to say I I feel like I contributed to your W. So uh, when you win the classic, thank me, okay? Uh, Because it's on a fishery where another Canadian kind of, sort of, maybe did the same kind of thing. So you uh, you know you you guys gel with these Tennessee smallmouth, man. Why why do you think that is? I mean, obviously smallmouth are smallmouth are smallmouth, but is there something? Do you think maybe it's these techniques that you guys use or things that you've seen up north apply that maybe we down here don't utilize enough? Yeah, maybe. I mean. I got asked this question a couple of days ago and I didn't really know how to answer it, to be honest. I mean, yeah, fish is a little bit like back home. It's so similar, but so different at the same time. Um, yeah, I honestly don't really know, Luke. Like it just, mm-hmm. like you said, smallmouth or smallmouth. And I came in in this derby doing what I feel comfortable doing. And I like looking for smallmouth. So I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, you had a great finish at Toho. Got a check down there doing the live scope jerk bait thing. Look like from from your Instagram just, and some of your videos. Just missed a check. Yeah. Oh, you you missed a check, but but you're way up there in the points with one more to go at Hartwell. But you're fishing all nine, so obviously in that overall, you've got a good strong start. Have you ever fished tidal water? I know you guys got to turn around and go right to the James River. Have you ever fished tidal stuff? Uh, yep, I've done. I've done it a few times. I've done Winyah Bay, the James okay. River, Potomac, but I mean, I still have so much to learn. It's a, that's probably the biggest learning curve for me in, in, in bass fishing, that tidal fish, those tidal fisheries are super tough and, and it takes a lot of time to get used to that stuff. And then, I mean, I've gotten more confident every time I go back to these places, but like I said, I still have lots to learn, but that's why I like this. This whole fishing thing so much because you're always learning. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in in watching, I think that that's something that makes you dangerous to me. Looking at at your YouTube, looking at you know, following you, like the road trip stuff, dude. You just like fishing, love fishing, and it doesn't matter what it is, dude. You got carp videos, you got you, you catching pike, you <laughs> yeah. got. I mean, dude, you just like to fish, and I think that. I think multi-species anglers and being a multi-species angler 
is a very underrated thing. And what I mean by that is you see so many different scenarios when you, like I know crappie guys that are fantastic bass fishermen now, especially because of live scope, uh, because they can apply what they've seen there. Do you think that helps you bass fishing? Things you learn fishing for all these species at all these different places and crazy conditions? Yeah, I, I think so for sure, Luke. Um, for example, like I grew up fishing the rivers for steelhead and salmon. And, you know, you're getting super finesse with them using super light line. So that's an example of how I think I think that's helped me become uh, a better smallmouth fisherman mm-hmm. with that whole finesse presentation and stuff. Because I grew up doing that in the rivers. I grew up looking at steelhead in the rivers, trying to get them to bite. So it's kind of the same thing as looking at smallmouth up shallow on all these great lakes. Um, so yeah, that's definitely helped. And then another thing is just, you know, like especially back home in the spring um, or even like throughout the winter, ice fishing, whatever, fishing in the rivers, it's just spending time on the water when we're not able to bass fish. And there's something to be said, I think, about just being on the water mm-hmm. and just spending time in the boat and yeah seeing conditions unfold depending on the day the wind the weather yeah i think it it all goes together man like i really do and i I find that interesting because so many bass bass fishermen bass heads they only want to bass fish they only want to bass fish and dude i've always been like i love i just like to catch stuff (laughs) like whatever it is man whether it's salt water uh you know what whatever like i just like to i like to learn I like to catch fish, and and uh, I think that's really cool about you. Speaking of speaking of saltwater, we have a common uh, a common friend in this industry, and I saw you post that you were there. I saw him post that you were there at his home, uh, and that's my bu- buddy, the uh, the old big boy Carter Andrews. Yeah, Carter is the man. He, it, dude, how cool is that guy? Like, can we just fan girl out for a second and talk about <laughs> Carter's like the most kick-ass human? And like, he is, dude. Like, yeah, it doesn't even. He's like a Viking. That's what I tell him. Like, he's the most intimidating slash gracious dude I've ever been around. Yes, that's literally it. It he is. is. He's the nicest guy. I met him a few years ago at a a Mercury deal in Wisconsin. Yeah. And we've just kept in touch ever since. And I was in Florida and he's like, come on over. So I ended up going to his place for a week and, and we went fishing and we didn't catch many, but Carter's awesome. And got an absolute blast in the boat. Did he make you any hand squeezed orange juice from his orange grove in his yard? I have to know that. He didn't, but he made some bomb dinners. Listen, this guy, I, so good. Yeah, I, I, I almost like I'm so jealous that people are talented <laughs> like he is at so many things. And uh, yeah. when you go there, man, he entertains you. He feeds you well, and uh, fantastic chef, man. Carter, Carter is the man. I've got to. Uh, I've never bass fished with Carter. I've never got to take him bass fishing, but uh, I've done the same. I've crashed there multiple times. 
put the boat out there in the yard and and uh him and his wife they're they're great people and the girls beautiful place but yeah i saw that and i'm like i i love that uh buddies of mine get together like that i've saltwater fish with carter man going out there with him is intense man he's so even on a tuesday right like he's just super super intense and man i've learned so much from carter so i, I had to bring that up i'm like man coop knows carter andrews and and carter to his credit i'm driving home i stop for gas I, i'm pulling up at instagram and Carter had already made a post about you winning uh, on the story. And I'm like, that's freaking cool, man. Like, it really it made me smile. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome, man. I mean, everyone who's been posting about it, I, I, appreci- I appreciate it big time. And uh, I will get back to everyone over the next couple of days. But it's been it's been awesome. The amount of support I've gotten from Carter and, and, and obviously everyone else throughout Instagram and all all the social media stuff is is awesome. Well, I, I saw that uh, Gussie, Jeff Gustafson, made an appearance just to watch you there, to watch the weigh-in on his way to Chickamauga, and he made a post about you. And I thought that was – and Gussie's one of my – one of my dudes, he's one of my favorites in the industry. And I came off stage and he hugged me and said, I'm proud you finally called a limit. I said, Gussie, go back to Canada. Uh, give me a hard time. That was right before you won. But uh, it's, does that, that has to mean a lot to you. I saw Brandon Polinick. So many guys have mentioned you uh, that, that they were so proud. And, and everybody seems, Coop, to know that this is coming from you, I feel like. that. And, and does that make you feel, it's got to make you feel great. Yeah, it does, man. It makes me feel really good. And and going back to the weigh-in and everything and seeing all those guys hang back, I think that's uh that's super cool and and I hope that happens for forever is seeing guys even if you did terrible in the tournament, seeing guys hang back. Like I know Polinick does it at the elite events. Yes. He hangs back after every tournament. He watches the champion hold that trophy up. And I think that is the coolest thing ever. And I think more of us need to start doing it. Oh yeah. There was, there were uh, several guys hanging around to watch you, uh, watch you take the, to take the W man. And it was, uh, it was special. It was, it was special, but is this something, this life, this bass fishing tournament, rock star lifestyle that you're leading now fishing nine events, trying to get to those elites. Is this something you feel like you've always been meant to do? Yeah, for sure, man. Ever since I started tournament fishing, uh, when I was younger, I got into the junior Bassmaster program back mm-hmm. home in Ontario, and and my first time down to the states for for the Eastern Regionals, I knew right away that this is what I wanted to do. You know, I love the journey. I love being on the road. Um, you know, I love roughing it out. I love camping out, and I love just meeting people too there's so many cool people within the fishing industry and that's a big part of it for me as well and then obviously the whole competitive side of things and everything about it i love and i just hope i can continue to keep the train rolling and i hope i continue to 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 be able to do this for for a very long time i I feel like you're going to brother i really do uh i got i've got one more quick thing for you i appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with me and let the low lifers get to know you a little bit better. Make sure before we, before we wrap up folks, make sure you're, you're subscribed to Cooper's YouTube channel. It's fantastic. Uh, Cooper gallant fishing, make sure you're following him on everything, but you mentioned camping and I got, I had to tell you a quick, funny one. Uh, (laughs) You know, I, I run with a pretty rough crowd 
of rednecks, you know, Tennessee and Alabama folks that uh, I travel with. And one of my dear friends, uh, another Elite Series hopeful, barely missed out last year, you got to spend some time with this week and around, I heard, and that's my little buddy Sammy George. Yeah. Well, little Sam was in the campground, and he told me – he was. He called me and he's like, "Man, Cooper, you know, pump for you that you won." And we were talking, and he said, "Man, I didn't realize." And Sammy's country, man, his country is cornbread. <laughs> and he says, "I didn't realize how extremely." This is exactly how he put it: "Extremely Canadian, <laughs> Cooper." Is. <laughs> and he said, "You guys were talking, and and you said something about." Uh, and I won't attempt to do the accent that that you have, which is is amazing. And I I sound like a weed eater when I talk, Coop. So <laughs> so, but he said that you were like it's really gassing out there, bud, or something like that. And he yeah. goes, he said we were just talking. He goes, dude, I had no idea he was extremely Canadian. So there you go. Cooper That's Gallant Fishing, so extremely Canadian. That's what Sam, <laughs> that's what Sam said. And uh, and he meant no ill will. He was just like, he had never, he, I guess you guys had never spent any time around each other. And he was yeah, telling me yeah. he had enjoyed meeting you and, and hanging, and he was certainly pumped for you. That's awesome. <laughs> but I had, had to that's end funny. with that. You had to hear <laughs> that you are extremely Canadian, my friend. So, uh-huh. uh, Cooper, I wish you the best of luck at the James River and the rest of the year, man. Hope that I get to uh, have you on here in another couple of weeks when you win the James. Oh, that'd be amazing. What? Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's basically the complete opposite of what we just did on Cherokee. Whew, but for sure. I'm excited for change, and, and I'm looking forward to it. And I wanted to thank you for having me on. It was a good shot with you. Absolutely, man. You're, you're very welcome, and you're welcome anytime. If you, if you come through Tennessee, you need a place to crash, you, uh, you got my number. Give me a shout. You're the man. Thank you, Luke. I appreciate it. Thanks, Coop. See you soon. All right, Cooper Gallant right there, ladies and gentlemen. That young man, I'm telling you, and it it goes without saying, now he's got got his first big win, but that young man right there is one you better keep up with. You better follow. He is uh, special. You see them, and there are a lot of these young guys. Uh, and, and for me, it's inspiring because it tells me a lot of things, but I don't work hard enough. I don't, I, I don't work. You can't outwork these guys, these, these young guys, the Cooper Gallants, the Sam George fishing, the Trey Swindles that I'm fortunate. You can't outwork them and, uh, not, not for an old fart like me. So need to keep up this bass fishing, the future of Bassmaster of the whole sport. It's so bright because of folks like Cooper and, and a lot of people that are in that same age range that are just fantastic anglers, man. Fantastic anglers. So I appreciate him uh, coming on there and, and talking with us. And I appreciate each and every one of you joining us each and every week, jo- joining us. Being low lifers, joining me, listening to me ramble and rant and carry on. I really, really appreciate it. Going to take you out with some Biloxi Blues. And I want to be, be sure... Be sure. Think about that, man. I, I was thinking about this. I did a podcast with Pat Renwick, and we were telling stories, and he called me a mama's boy. And it is, uh, it's very true. And I had some, uh, some old memories pop up on the phone last week of my mom. So be sure to hug your mama, okay? And I'm going to take you out with Biloxi Blues, like I said, and I will see y'all next week. I never could make it last. 
Spanish boss or Civil War ghost Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter, east or west North, south, wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those burdens at rest This highway It does not know my name And I don't care, no and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there